You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris, we're back at the Paracast for... This is technically our second show for 2016. Our first show was recorded the last week of December. So we'll call it the second show, and we'll get into our guests a little bit later. Right now, I do want to bring up one thing here. Obviously, we've interviewed a few people who are real veterans in the UFO field, getting on in years and such. And one of them was really one of our better guests over the years, back in 2010, was Dr. Frank Salisbury, who had been in the UFO field for, you know, 100 years or so. And he died in late December I think he was close to 90 years of age. I think he was, yeah. Well, a a classic book that he wrote, um, The Great Utah UFO Display. I mean, one of the best books about a state or a region, you know, one of your best uh, regional titles. The work that he and Junior Hicks did in the Uwina Basin around the Skinwalker Ranch area is just, you know, a boilerplate for what a lot of other people should be doing. And he was a real inspiration for me. And... Um, I was very happy that I got a chance to get to know him a little bit and pick his brain. And and he was very gracious and and gave me pointers on how to properly go about uh, documenting sighting cases, how to interview people, types of questions to ask, you know, the tenor and uh, posture that you should have with people that have had life-changing sometimes uh, experiences. And uh, he was just, he was a really good guy, a very good teacher for many years in Utah, and um, I think he'll be missed by by those of us who who knew who he was and, and admired and appreciated his work. Now, I was looking up some information about Dr. Salisbury. He had written a textbook that was a bestseller called Plant Physiology and also Geochemistry and the Biosphere. So he had been very much involved in botany as a plant physiologist it wasn't just UFOs. This is a solid scientist with real credentials who gets involved in this field. And so few people who are scientists, well, they ever bother. Or if they do, they're not going to admit it. Right. You wouldn't want to admit that you, oh my heavens, are a UFO researcher. Oh, you know, God just, forbid. Just think, what was it? Was Congressman Dennis Kucinich, who was what? The godson of Shirley MacLaine or something like that. And he's running for president one year, I think 2004, and he admits to a UFO sighting. Whatever happened to Dennis Kucinich? Well, I don't know. Anytime a politician gets uh, has Shirley MacLaine stick up for him and mention UFO sightings, that's like, uh, what was that Steve McQueen movie, The Blob? Well, you could call this the slime. <laughs> it's like this big amorphous creature that comes out of the TV sets and gobbles your candidacy up and... Uh, spits it out it's unfortunate don't dare be involved in ufos of course john podesta who has worked with both the clintons and the obamas wrote a forward for leslie kane's ufo book right so he got away with it and then he had a tweet where he hoped to get to the bottom of ufos and by the way hillary clinton was asked about interest in ufos and getting to the bottom of the mystery i'm going to ask our guest chris rutkowski about that (laughs) Because he wrote a piece about it. So I'm going to look into Area 54 in New Mexico. It's like, oh, okay. Oops. A little Freudian slip there, maybe. Right. Oh, there's an Area 54. (laughs) Oh, is there? All right. How many areas are there? 
Well, there's Area 52, the San Luis Valley. Uh, There's Area 53, which would probably be, I don't know, Dugway or somewhere around there. Uh, Area 54, mm, White Sands maybe. Uh, I don't know. You could speculate. What area could it be? What does she know that she's not telling? You know, they're releasing all her emails that were done on her private email server. Oh, I can't wait. That's going to be a bestseller. Oh, I can't wait. Well, a lot of them have been released already, and they are so boring. Like, (laughs) in one of the messages, she writes about gefilte fish, about a shipment of gefilte fish going to Israel, I think. And it got Where else would a shipment of gefilte fish go? Phoenix. I can buy gefilte fish here. Is he having a shipment? Well, they have to send supplies to the they local delis. They send a box to, to Arizona, and you get half of it. I don't like gefilte fish. fish. Oh, I just have fantasies of, of lathering gefilte fish on on some beautiful uh, damsel in distress. And uh, never mind. I've heard of sexual perversions. Gefilte fish. I ate it's that the as most a ch- disgusting. Ugh. <laughs> you actually eat that stuff? I have. And you like pickled herring, too, I bet. I hate herring. I don't know. Whenever I hear gefilte fish or herring, I just it just reminds me of being a little too close to the downwind portion of Denmark, you know, Stockholm somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> sure, but when you were in New York City, you went to the Second Avenue Deli or something. All the time. I loved it, but I never got gefilte fish. You see... Gefilte fish. Let me tell you a story. When I was a kid, we'd go to my grandmother's house and she'd make us a kosher meal. And I'd taste a little bit of it, I admit, but I prefer the chicken and the other stuff that's going on there. I wasn't so crazy about the fish or any fish. I do not like seafood, folks. Ooh, I love seafood. It used to be my favorite cuisine, but Fukushima wrecked all that. Well, there is that. I have to ask my son. He used to like sushi, but... The only fish I could tolerate, and this is really weird, was canned tuna fish. All right? Which is tastier than raw tuna. Perhaps. No, it is. (laughs) Trust me. Don't ask me how I could tolerate it. I could tolerate canned tuna fish. You know, the usual brands, Star Kiss, whatever they are. I don't know who does it now. Of course, I worry about the quality of that. Of course, on the other hand, if you really want to worry about the quality of food or anything, think of the water in Flint, Michigan. You haven't heard about this, this controversy over Flint, Michigan, where they changed the water supply and now all the children in Flint, Michigan have some level of lead poisoning. Oh, great. This is not a conspiracy theory, folks. Oh, that's just, that's just peachy. That's the controversy that's going on now. And movie producer Michael Moore is I thought this was a, par- a paranormal show. Well, We're talking I, about lead poisoning, gefilte fish, and your grandmother. Well, you know, let's put it this way. Don't you I think mean, gefilte you, fish you think has to be... Could, gefilte could fish be. has to be a horrible paranormal experience, right? Well, the gefilte fish that ate Brooklyn. Uh, I tell you, if you can afford to live in Brooklyn nowadays. Brooklyn. Right. Well, my wife... Barbara, I, lived, I lived in Park Slope for a little while. Well, Barbara's a Coney Island girl. Oh, that explains it. Oh? 
There's something there, some kind of meaning that's implicit in what you're saying there. Oh, by the way, I just want to tell you something, and we'll get into more of it later. The first video of the Paracast video channel, Paracast Plus, the Paracast Plus video channel went up this past week. It is about 33 minutes, really, really beautiful quality. We really were able to get the best out of it. Chris is the filmmaker on that project. And you also hear the soundtrack, which is his band playing some really beautiful music. The only way you can watch this video, folks, though, is to join the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com. P-L-U-S.theparacast.com. Sign up for month to month, a year, five years, the rest of our lives. We welcome your membership, however it comes. So we now have the ad-free version of this show. After the Paracast, the wrap-up show with extra interviews and discussions and such. We also have the beginning of show transcripts. More are being worked on. And our first video of the Paracast Plus video channel. And it's just wonderful. It's a great piece of work from Chris. More is coming. Chris Rutkowski is coming in our next segment with Gene and Chris. So we have the double Chris's or the Gene and KK or something. We'll figure it out. You're in after the Paracast. I know that a lot of our listeners are interested in UFOs, the issue of giant skeletons found in America, paranormal investigations, and what the top researchers think about such topics. One online magazine has been presenting such unusual information since 1985. It is Alternate Perceptions Magazine at apmagazine.info. Use their search function to find articles on just about every topic imaginable. That's apmagazine.info. Info. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, A Place for Mom. Call a place for mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. 
use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and KK, we've got Chris Rutkowski, noted UFO researcher from Canada, whom we consider a class act. And he's also, I guess, into science fiction to some degree, since he does this great Ming the Merciless imitation, which he once performed on radio, or twice. How many times did you do it? Oh, I think I did it twice, actually. Perhaps a third. You will learn, Earthlings. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, we're in trouble now. Did you see, by the way, the new Star Wars film? I did. I did, yeah. Well, we made a big deal of it and the cultural myths and everything in last week's episode with Micah Hanks. So I'm going to ask you, did you like it? You know, I actually did. For me, it was, I'd say it was very, very good. Not great. I would say not up to uh, the uh, 1977 uh, version. Uh, but I would have to say it was it was pretty good. I did enjoy it. I kind of think that the full title is Star Wars, The Marketing Force Awakens. Oh, absolutely. There's no question that they, Disney has really calculated this well, apart from a few glitches with uh, not having Rey as, a, as an action figure. But we can, we can talk about that some other time. But uh, they really did cash in on this. Um, this is really quite remarkable. And, and even for people who aren't that into uh, Star Wars, uh, I'd have to put it up in the success category for Disney. Well, certainly it has surpassed Avatar in 
box office receipts in the U.S., but it's going to take a while before we see how well it does overseas. Usually, though, these days, if a film could make a certain amount of money in the U.S., it's two or three times that amount in overseas receipts. Oh, absolutely. It's overseas where the money's really made. Uh, people standing in line in Omaha don't really factor in compared to uh, what plays uh, in certain parts of Asia. So, yeah, it will remain to be seen uh, how it plays. However, I think the animation, the remarkable special effects, and the virtually identical storyline to the 1977 uh, version kind of guarantees that uh, they're going to have some success because a lot of the people who are seeing it today really don't have the context for 1977. I mean, I remember going to see it um, on a press pass back in 1977. And when I came back, I tried to get my colleagues in the Science Fiction Society to, to go to it. And I had trouble convincing them that it was worth seeing because up until then, science fiction movies were, oh, the day the Earth stood still, a lot of really good or bad rubber uh, aliens, that type of thing. But then to go to this next step, uh, was really unexpected and really set the uh, genre uh, going in a different way. Well, certainly the following year they had Superman the movie because they showed that a big budget fantasy or sci-fi film could work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that, I think, was the harbinger of things to come where science fiction films could become big budget spectaculars. Although the first Star Wars film, I think, cost like $8 million dollars. Yeah, you know, they got, a, they got uh, their bang for their buck. Uh, I think the first movie spectacle that uh, I think a lot of people market from, and I remember seeing this in the movie theaters too, was Krakatoa, east of Java. Uh, and that was in Sensoround, uh, which was a big thing back then. But it was a, a, a full-screen extravaganza, and it was a, a big-budget special effects movie that was completely unexpected. And that actually led to all the other disaster movies, and then later the science fiction movies, which followed after that. So, uh, you know, somewhere around the, uh, the early 70s, we started getting into some really spectacular territory. Then, of course, Star Trek, the motion picture. Yeah, although, you know, Star Trek uh, number one bombed badly. Uh, it took, uh, it went into, what, every second, second uh, movie that was good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we were starting to see... Uh, is what I was describing to someone else, that this was the uh, Steven Spielberg generation where you could actually see on a movie screen um, all the fantastic ideas and images that you could only read about previously. And I was so wonderful about uh, the first Star Trek in 1977 that that you could actually visualize this basically space opera uh, shoot 'em up doing so well to uh, capture the imagination and and, you know, have the uh, such a strong delineation between good and bad. And, you know, the, the bad guy wore black, the good guy was in white, except for the stormtroopers, which we won't talk about. Uh, and then you had these funny alien creatures uh, like Yoda, which, you know, had a, enough of a bizarre element in there that really uh, got some of the, the science fiction fans really hyped up for the possibilities. So it was the fact that we could visualize or see on the screen things that we had only read about previously uh, that really started the trend going. And of course, uh, now that you have the comic books springing to life on both TV and in the movies, there's a whole generation uh, from 40 years ago that is finally seeing some of the stuff that they had only read about previously uh, and seeing it on the screen. And it'll be interesting to see how long this lasts. Well, the one thing here is that even on TV, they can get half-decent special effects. 
and to oh, show yeah. you how mainstream the comic book stories are in the 50s with Superman after like the first year they basically made it just for kids or primarily for kids whereas now the people's choice award which is the people voting for the best shows and the best actors and actresses the people's choice award for the best new drama on tv is supergirl yeah that was very surprising i didn't understand that at all well it has you know other than the other compared to the other comic book shows more of a sunny outlook which may not appeal to a lot of people the special effects are okay but you have to compare it to earlier examples like for example just the other day i was looking at a DVD I had of the original Superman TV series from the 1950s with George Reeves. Yeah. And I saw an episode called Panic in the Sky. And that's the one where they have this asteroid coming to the Earth and Superman deflects the asteroid and then loses his memory. I mean, the special effects were so bad you can actually see the asteroid and the little string suspended above it, holding it in the air. That's how bad it was. But they didn't care. No, but and that's why when Star Wars came along in the 70s and it really did, you know, look exactly like the comic books, the the pulp magazines cuz but Star Wars is basically a uh, a, a visualization or a recreation of a pulp novel from the 1930s um that uh you know that was what the, uh, the appeal was that it didn't look as special effectsy as you know, the previous rubber monsters and, and uh, flying saucers and spaceships on strings, like Thunderbirds. You know, it's, it was something that really was, you were able to, uh, to uh, think, hey, this is really cool. This could be how it could be in the future. Now, there was one sci-fi film I remember from the 50s, other than Day the Earth Stood Still, which had okay special effects. And that was Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Oh, yes. the special effects were stop motion from Ray Harryhausen. They were very good. But the only thing to bear in mind is the screenplay was actually loosely based on a book by Major Donald Kehoe. The book was Flying Saucers from Outer Space, and I think it may have influenced maybe the first 30 or 40 seconds of the actual film. Major Kehoe never quite lived that down. Yeah. Oh, yes. We got more to come with Chris Rutkowski, Gene, and KK. You're in The Paracast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if you had no contract, no activation fees, no hidden costs, tracking, tracing, harvesting customer data, or draconian gimmicks, all on the nation's best 4G LTE network? Introducing PIX Wireless. Bring your phone and other qualifying devices to PIX and choose a plan starting at only $14 a month. Get connected now. Call or click 1-866-267-2056 or PIXWireless.com. Spelled P-I-X, Wireless.com. Pick PIX and get connected today. 
Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers, simply because that's what Longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have Longevity. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Removing bad taste and odor from your drinking water is easy. Removing the bad stuff you don't taste is what ProPure does best. Water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure countertop, inline gravity, and household water filtration products. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Or call 800-544-3533. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Let us continue, folks, with Chris Rutkowski. And we're starting off before we get into the UFO paranormal realm with a little bit of pop culture and sci-fi, since he has a deep interest in that. And we were mentioning films that had a-list production values, Day the Earth Stood Still, Forbidden Planet, which is very much a precursor to Star Trek, like the Leslie Nielsen character and Captain Kirk William Shatner. Think about how much they learned. My all-time other. favorite, the one that I think really moved the, the bar, <laughs> was uh, Douglas Trumbull's work on 2001, A Space Odyssey, uh, the Stanley Kubrick classic. Um, some of the shots... 
in that were groundbreaking. Uh, it was your first real realistic view of space. I think uh, the fact that the soundtrack was purposely left silent in many of the um, of the big expansive space shots, and they just maybe would have some classical music, or uh, it was just very, very dramatic and very effective. And I think that that really did just leapfrog uh, the whole genre uh, forward uh, light years. Of course, I'm partial to anything that Kubrick does. So yeah, well, and there's no question that it was uh, definitely groundbreaking, and it was a fantastic science fiction movie. But the problem is, people didn't understand it. Whereas Star Wars was very simple. You know, bad guy, good guy, shoot him up, uh, have to rescue the maiden, all that sort of stuff. It was very familiar. It was something that was easily relatable. Uh, whereas 2001 made people have to think. And uh, it did well in the box office uh, eventually. But uh, it didn't have the impact in terms of the public um, um, right, you didn't have all your real archetypal characters and absolutely, your, your, your myth- mythological so- tie-ins to Joseph Campbell and that sort of thing. But hey, anything, at least in my estimation, anything that makes people think is a good thing. <laughs> right, and uh, you know, th- there's not enough of that going around. There's not enough days. of that. <laughs> that's exactly. At least that amongst itself makes it interesting making a sci-fi film a thought piece and these days on tv and in the movies sci-fi is commonplace now maybe it's not always the more sophisticated sci-fi that the really dedicated fans might prefer but they get there they had childhood's end the arthur c clark novel from the 50s it became a three-part miniseries for sci-fi channel Absolutely. I, I didn't uh, get a chance to see it because we don't get that channel up here. But, you know, that's true. You know, the, we've got that. The Man in the High Castle was also just on, uh, or I think it's still on, isn't it? The series still running. You know, a lot of these uh, classics are being turned into uh, TV series. And because of the relatively high budgets, you know, on Netflix and Amazon and Yahoo and so forth, that the special effects are right up there, and uh, you can think of them as just long versions uh, of movies about these particular novels. Yeah, another good one from back uh, in the late 60s was Silent Running, which Mm -hmm. is an often overlooked uh, film. Isn't that the one with Bruce Dern as the gardener in space, if I remember? Right, and of course, those were the predecessors of uh, R2-D2, too, the uh, Mm -hmm. the little drones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff, uh, you know, back then, was visualizing, and of course, we have to mention Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, I had met Alan Hynek just as he had finished uh, shooting that final scene. He was, uh, you know, giving us a, a couple of spoilers about what was going on and how they use little girls as the aliens, and and uh, uh, how he ad libbed the uh, the bit about his pipe and things like that. But it was very interesting to see. You know, there was an original film not based on some of the classic uh, science fiction literature. But really, which was playing to the popularity of UFOs and flying saucers, which had been brewing for, you know, a couple of decades at that point. And you mentioned Earth versus the Flying Saucers based on Kehoe's book. And yet, you know, we, there were not a lot of movies that really played to, you know, new ideas and uh, visualizations of what people had been reporting as a basis of, you know, uh, the, the films and, and um, TV shows at the time. I mean, you have to ignore things like My Favorite Martian and I Dream of Genie, which all had episodes involving flying saucers, but those are more as jokes. And yet, Close Encounters captured that idea uh, very nicely about the fact that what if this is real and what if these are the things that are really going on. 
So much for science fiction. Let's look a little bit at science fact or what one perceives to be science fact. No, for a second there, I thought you were going to talk about UFOs. Well, you know what? Who knows? (laughs) All right. So let's look at this. We have occasionally the stories of presidential candidates vowing to look into UFOs. And certainly Jimmy Carter, who saw a UFO, didn't really do that. They asked Bill Clinton. He didn't. But now Hillary, Hillary Clinton, Secretary of State and former U.S. Senator and former First Lady running for president, she has been asked about UFOs. And she's giving a promising answer or just one of those answers where, well, maybe she's trying to, shall we say, placate people. What do you think? Well, I think CNN had it right. CNN actually did cover uh, the comment. But they had it right in that it was a joke. And, you know, we have to understand that in the context of what was happening, um, there was a a news conference going on. She had been asked uh, quite a lot of other questions about everything from Syria to uh, gun control and, uh, uh, you know, everything in between. Um, And towards the end of the news conference, um, this fellow... You know, uh, you know, was patiently waiting in line, and then he sprung this question on her about, uh, you know, what are you going to do, or will you reveal the truth about uh, what's going on with regard to UFOs? And apparently, he had actually asked her a similar question a number of years ago, and she remembered, you know, in the context of who this guy was. Now, in the context of what was going on, um, and the fact that she's on a, you know. A, uh, sort of a binge going from uh, across the country uh, campaigning, what would you do to reply to a question that uh, that was asked along these lines? She could have ridiculed him, she could have ignored him, or she could have said something to uh, sort of not dismiss the question, but placate and sort of get on to other things. Uh, so ridicule wouldn't have worked because she was in a room full of reporters and uh, ridiculing another person for their beliefs is taboo, especially on the campaign trail. She couldn't ignore it because um, by the way that uh, newsies go, uh, you do actually have to answer the questions um, or the, the person after you um, has an option of asking the same question and you don't want to do that. So the only option that she had was to say, oh, yeah, sure, I'm going to, you know, get to the bottom of it, Um, which means what exactly? Number one, you know, candidates very rarely uh, follow through with their promises anyway, whether it has to do with UFOs or, you know, um, know, chickens in every pot and and all this sort of stuff. You mean Donald Trump is lying when he says he's going to get Mexico to pay for the wall at our southern borders? Hey, they want to, he wants to put a, a border against Canada, too, you know, which I think would be good because we want to keep him out as well. Um, well, but, you see, in that case, we'd have to have borders around every locale he's in. Yeah, yeah. You know, he has the money. He can do it. But, yeah, no, I, I think that in this case, it really meant nothing. And I've seen um, people hyping this in Facebook groups and various other Internet posts and things like that about how this, is a, this was a bomb. This was ground-shattering that, you know, the truth will be revealed and Hillary, you know, has shown her true colors. And like I say, CNN had it right. 
that it was just a, a dis, not a dismissive comment, but a comment just, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll look into it. And everybody in the room thought it was a real joke. And if you think that that in any way raises the public consciousness about <laughs> UFOs or it raises awareness, that does the exact opposite. Um, it makes people consider the, the field of ufology even uh, less likely and uh, less seriously. So the person asking the question actually did more damage to ufology than anything else. And Hillary's comment was basically, yeah, okay, I'll get to the bottom of it. I'll look into it right away. I bet that day she called her aides and asked about it. We have Chris Rutkowski with... Gene and KK, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Conspiracy Journal is your number one source for the hidden world of the weird and strange. We bring you thought-provoking and controversial material for free-thinking individuals who are seeking what is really going on in our world today. Some of this material may adversely affect you. Other pieces are meant to enlighten. Either way, be prepared to be intrigued by such things as the reality of UFOs, ghosts, strange creatures from time and space, hidden conspiracies, time travel, Nikola Tesla, suppressed technology, and a whole lot more. You can find out more by visiting our website at conspiracyjournal.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter sent directly to your email address. Find out what they don't want you to know. I'm Rick Osick with Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we support the March of Dimes in the fight against premature birth. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment programs, and outreach to help moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Learn how you can help save babies' lives at marchofdimes.org. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't take on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. 
You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? Chris Rutkowski joins us with Gene and KK, and we're starting to talk about the interests of presidential candidates or lack thereof in ufos of course the real secret is that maybe one of hillary clinton's unreleased personal email has the secret to ufos but the other fact is that john podesta who's one of her friends and is a manager of her campaign has a real interest in ufos absolutely and what i can say is that uh, i have a real interest in ufos too and i uh, you know, can talk about the X-Files and I've dressed up as uh, as Fox Mulder for Halloween and, and all that sort of stuff too. And I have a responsible position in an administration, not a presidential administration, but an administration at a, at a major university. And uh, I've even received an award for um, speaking to the public uh, uh, about science uh, in the context of, uh, you know, talking about UFOs and space and and uh, the universe and so forth. So, uh, yeah, you know, people in positions of relative power uh, in, in terms of Podesta uh, certainly have their own interests, but that does not mean that they have any insight or influence. It just simply means that, uh, hey, you know, this is kind of what I'm into. It. I mean, what if he was a, a bird watcher? Would he be in Oregon right now telling Hillary to, to do something with what's going on in Oregon? I mean, uh, it simply is a personal interest of his, and I simply don't buy, you know, the the belief that he has some sort of influence on other people in the administration. Let's talk about presidents in general. Do you think any president had enough interest to really follow through? Well, I, you know, coming uh, coming from Canada, <laughs> I don't know if enough about it, and I have to tell you that Grant Cameron. Um, has gone to presidential libraries. He's spent time finding documents. Uh, so he's really the guy, and I'm sure he's been on your show, uh, talking about uh, you know, the presidential connections. I personally don't think, uh, I mean, there, I know one of the prevailing views is that, is that the secret about UFOs and Area 51 and the aliens in the underground base and so forth um, is at a, a, a secret level higher than that which is allowed the president. And that there, there's some sort of, what was it, the term that I read somewhere, a transnational 
um, bureaucratic elite group that uh, is actually... Is there any other kind? Yeah, exactly. Are you talking about Coke or Apple? But these are the people who are actually in charge so that the President of the United States himself or herself uh, will actually never know the details or be allowed the details. If you put it in that context, there, of course, are probably a number of things that the Chief of Staff probably doesn't have privy to. He wouldn't have the details on uh, secret uh, clandestine operations in the Middle East down to that level. Anyways, he would be told there's something going on, but he wouldn't be told all the details. In fact, they might tell him for his own protection so that he can say something in public along the lines of, really, I have no, I have no uh, information about uh, this question, if he's ever questioned about what's going on. So uh, I would say there certainly are th- things that chiefs of staff probably wouldn't be privy to. Um, and whether the UFO thing is one of those or not, it just, I don't see how any president um, would be given access to something like that if it really existed. And the fact that no president has even come close to uh, admitting it, except in these interviews where they sort of joke around about, oh yeah, we have little guys in the in the basement and all this sort of stuff on a number of occasions like Clinton did and uh, a few others, uh, Bush did at one point, that that, yeah, you know, they're going to say something because people are asking about it, but they may not have the information themselves. Uh, so I, I suspect that presidents themselves don't have access to these things if they exist, and the chances of them, anything existing like that at all are pretty slim. They talk about plausible deniability, but then you see what's going to happen. If there was really a revelation of something like this, anything that maybe is being done on a security or top-secret basis... And it gets revealed. Fox News, if it's a Democrat or some other station, if it's a Republican president, will say, well, he's really not paying attention. He's inattentive because he didn't know this was going on. That's true. But you could say that about uh, Benghazi. Uh, you could say that about any major major event that uh, you know that hasn't been told to the public. So, well, Benghazi, uh, I don't think there's anything at this point left being revealed except how to shore up security. I think that's mostly a partisan fishing expedition. I mean, if you go through U.S. history, you'll see that there have been attacks at U.S. diplomatic installations for years. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people die, maybe not necessarily the chief diplomat or the ambassador, but people die. It happened during the second Bush administration. It happened during the Clinton administration. It happened during the first Bush administration. It happened when Reagan was president but not everyone deserves 10 different congressional hearings. I agree completely. It's kind of wacky, but let's not get into that. Maybe we should talk about Area 54. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. (laughs) I think that was the example to demonstrate that she wasn't taking it seriously. As soon as she said, oh, Area 54, you know, that was it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She said Area 54 in New Mexico, which I found to be a little bit intriguing. Well, you know, New Mexico... Nevada. <laughs> I mean, the fact is that, uh, you know, that uh, there, I, there's so many stories kicking around and because she's not paying attention. Um, and I, I now who was it? Was it uh, somebody had, had uh, looked at the video of um, Obama while he was being interviewed by Jimmy Fallon or Colbert or somebody and uh, somebody who who was with the CIA and no, it was Ben Hansen. Who, that was who Ben. I think Hansen. used to be That's with the FBI. He, he, he presents some interesting arguments that uh, 
that Obama was, uh, you know, lying or, or uh, you know, caught out and that, that sort of stuff. Uh, I respect Ben. I've, I've been at a number of conferences with him. I had, you know, dinner with him a couple of times. Um, and he, you know, would know more about that than I would. I just don't buy it. There's just, um, uh, my intuition is just, it, it just isn't sufficient for me to say that there definitely is something going on. The thing we consider here, does any government official in a major Western nation, Canada, U.S., U.K., are the actual government leaders privy to anything of this nature? Would they be? Would that be something where they'd rather not let them know? Or again, it's above their need to know. Yeah, I, I think it, it's true. In the, uh, in the military compartmentalization, um, it would be out of their purview. They would not need to know this type of thing. In fact, it would harm them um, if they did know because if they were actually questioned about it, uh, they would be in a position to lie, and uh, even though they probably you know do that quite a bit anyways, the less they have to do of that, the better. So it's actually better for them not to know the details. Having said that, there's no question that there's a lot of cases and information related to UFOs uh, that are being kept from the public. I, I mean, it just stands to reason that there's uh, sightings um, by military personnel, covert personnel, um, in areas where they're, you know, not necessarily by the personnel themselves, but in areas that are very secure where things have happened. Um, there's no question that uh, some stuff is being kept from the public. It it makes sense that there would be some things kept from the public. Does that mean that there's a cover-up? Does that mean that there's a, you know, a need for disclosure? I don't think so. It simply means that that's the way that information is handled um, in this age where, uh, you know, we do have uh, security issues uh, around the globe. Well, we've been seeing more and more lately uh, claims that uh, there's facilities on the moon, that there may even be facilities on Mars, and that there's, you know, Richard Dolan coined the term breakaway civilization. Uh, where do you come down on the possibility that somehow um, – through some sort of technological breakthrough or otherwise, that um, humans have already been back to the moon, uh, that they've established some sort of presence on Mars. Do you think that there's any evidence that uh, is intriguing enough to look into uh, in that regard? Well, I refer to the first half hour of this program, which started out clearly in the science fiction realm. Um, I don't see any evidence. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of amateur astronomers who aren't controlled by them, um, who are constantly looking at the moon, and there would be some evidence seen uh, of some kind of activity out there. I mean, the, the resolution um, of backyard telescopes is now good enough to see, uh, uh, you know, the remnants of limbs on the moon and things like that. So I think it's very unlikely. And, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, I find the stories about... Uh, you know, military people fighting uh, battles with aliens on the moon and things like that. It just, uh, you know, I'm I'm more concerned about what people are actually reporting in the skies uh, that are being seen and well witnessed and documented. Yeah, you closer know, to home. I, closer to home. We have to do this break. Okay. With Chris Witkowski and Gene and KK, you're in the Paracast. Thank you 
for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. As your body ages, there is a 10% decline in your ability to repair each passing decade after the age 28. By age 40, your ability to repair from demanding manual labor, exercise, or a stressful desk job has declined by 12%. By using One World Way, you supercharge your body's ability to repair and eliminate inflammation. Our unique frequency-encoded whey protein, coupled with our high-quality whey, improves your cell's ability to make protein, which is to say, repair itself. My name is Jonathan Wright, and I'm 40 years old. I recently went from a desk job to a manual labor job. Normally, I'm worn out. With energy-enhanced One World Way, I now recover so quickly that I can perform very hard work all day long. I use Energy Enhanced One World Way for breakfast and lunch, and I experience less hunger throughout the day. I have a 30% increase in energy, and I just feel better. I plan to make Energy Enhanced One World Way a permanent part of my lifestyle. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Oh yes, we have to do a poll at the Paracast forums at forum.theparacast.com. Chris Rutkowski is one of the best at the fine art of doing a stinger. I am a pole. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd win that one hands I'd down. Win that one right there. <laughs> Let's do a pole. That's right. Well, what do you think of the, the 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 alleged dark side or the back side of the moon and the Blair cuspids and you know partially broken uh, down huge domes? Uh, there's a number of anomalies that have been photographed. The Chinese supposedly are going to, uh, I think, go there and do some mapping, uh, some more mapping and that sort of thing. You'd probably be more up on all that than I am. The Indians are talking about doing some flights. I think, to, is, is it uh, Venus that they're yeah, a number of going to? So we're seeing uh, more of a multinational uh, interest in going to other planetary bodies. Is there any possibility that some sort of... Uh, Smoking gun evidence uh, will be announced by, I guess you would call them rogue nations that have uh, that maybe don't have the kind of agreements that the Western uh, world does with, with with the United States in regard to aliens, UFOs. That's going on the assumption that there is such an arrangement. 
But do you think it's possible that if there is something there and the Chinese and Indians or, or whomever, uh, the European Space uh, uh, Federation type thing, uh, if they see something, do you think that they would make an announcement? Well, the Outer Space Treaty, which was passed by the UN back in 1965 even or something like that, uh, and since updated, um, it does say that uh, all member nations and the Indians and the Chinese are actually part of uh, the later agreements, you know, are bound. There's actually a statement in there that, you know, activity on the moon um, has to be reported to the United Nations governing body in terms of whatever department that is on committee. Um, I think that you know, the Chinese seem to have an interest in establishing a base on the moon. The Indians appear, like you say, you're going to go to a, another planet. We're already very international. I mean, the International Space Station is truly international, uh, built up from uh, a number of nations that have contributed to it. So there's a lot of international cooperation. And it's interesting that even during the, um, the disagreements going on between uh, the United States and Russia, that the cosmonauts and uh, astronauts themselves on board the International Space Station uh, continue their cooperation, and uh, even now Russia continues to uh, to launch our supply ships. You know, so that there is a, a a really good era of cooperation in space right now. I mean, I know there's been photographs of this and photographs of that. A lot of it is interpretive. Uh, certainly, there have been a few uh, touch-ups here and there. Uh, I don't see um, any strong evidence that uh, uh, you know the. Uh, that there are ancient astro ancient aliens that have that have come here, even though I have my Sukalicious uh, T-shirt and and, uh, and hat occasionally uh, on, uh, I, I think it's unlikely that uh, that any of that was uh, you know will actually be found on the moon or Mars or, or wherever. There's no question that there will be some anomalies. In, in fact, I'm just going through some of my old f files, and uh, there is an, an, a real phenomenon called transient lunar phenomena. And these are lights and uh, um, uh, other emanations that are seen on the moon by Earth-based telescopes. And uh, they're actually quite a concern. Um, there's some suggestion that the moon is still outgassing, which is unusual because it shouldn't be outgassing. Um, but, uh, in, in fact, instruments were left on the moon by some of the Apollo missions to check for that. And some of them ac actually registered some positive uh, readings. Uh, but the fact that lights have been seen on the moon for long before the space program and, and even after that um, is quite interesting. And there is a, one program from Coralitos Observatory, which I think is in Arizona or New Mexico, uh, which specifically studied uh, the transient lunar phenomena uh, involving some uh, very detailed cameras and uh, uh, analysis of some of the uh, uh, reports that were made by astronomers. And it's interesting that uh, the person in charge of that program was none other than Alan Hynek of UFO fame. So not only was he looking into UFO phenomena here on Earth or over the Earth, he was looking into UFO phenomena on other worlds long before people realized that, that these things existed. And nobody knows about this chapter of, of his involvement. Um, which I think is quite intriguing because it suggests that he was really trying to understand the UFO phenomenon scientifically, reasoning that if it's a natural phenomenon, maybe it will be occurring on other worlds and uh, hence the, the moon. So uh, the fact that he was in charge of this uh, program uh, in the mm, 60s and, uh, 
and into the 70s suggests that uh, uh, there has been some, you know, some good scientific data being collected all along about UFOs and I really advocate the scientific approach. So whereas there are some interesting photographs and uh, uh, claims of bases on the moon and, and uh, so forth, um, there are ways of studying the phenomenon that may yield some interesting results. If there is a base on the moon, maybe some of these transient lunar phenomena can be correlated with it. Maybe uh, now that uh, other nations are having flybys, the Chinese are going to be going there, maybe we can find out you know, what exactly is uh, going on in, in some of the craters where some uh, lights have been seen and things like that. I think that there will be a, a significant sharing of information because um, there it's in the best interest of not just that nation but other nations to try and understand what's really going on. What do you think about the stories that come up occasionally of weird artifacts supposedly seen on the moon or on Mars, like the face on Mars? Well, you know, I buy the, uh, the NASA version. Um, I don't think uh, uh, that the face on Mars is anything other than a natural formation. Um, and uh, the, the most recent high-res images really do show that it's uh, just a, a trick of the light. I don't, uh, I don't think that it was a face, uh, you know, some sort of monument uh, that was produced. And, uh, and I think some people have now suggested that a, a nuclear blast, you know, eroded it so it looks less like a face now. Um, I, I a nuclear blast. I want to ask you about that because we had a guest on the show a couple of times who maintains there was a nuclear explosion or a series of such explosions many years ago. On Mars? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I don't see the evidence for it. Um, well, there is evidence. There's, a, there's a, a fairly consistent thin layer of radiation over the northern hemisphere of the planet. Well, it's Dr. John Brandenburg. He's uh, an optical physicist from Wisconsin. He's the first one to propose a northern ocean on Mars, which is now accepted by the uh, Martian scientists, mm -hmm. Mars scientists. Um, and he took their own data and established that there appeared to have been two air blast um, detonations, I think, a half a billion years ago, 500 million years ago, if memory serves me correct. Well, I would... I mean, again, I don't have his data. I haven't looked at his data. I'm not going to challenge him on that sense. But I would guess that there would be, um, you know, thin layers of radioactive particles because, of course, the, you know, Mars, along with all other um, bodies in our solar system, have been bombarded by uh, solar radiation and uh, other bodies. You know, Tunguska was certainly a, a comet exploding and so forth. So. I suspect that there, you know, would have been some asteroid or comet that might have left that. To say that it was definitely um, a nuclear bomb or a blast uh, by some other civilization, that's, that's sheer speculation. The fact that there's evidence of something is, is one thing, but to uh, suggest that it was a, a nuclear detonation by, a, you know, some other civilization or a bomb... That is speculation, and I, I draw the line in the sand. I mean, I can speculate all along, and as far as the underground bases and things like that on Earth go, uh, just recently I said something along the lines of, um, um, I, I have inside information that there's an underground alien military base underneath the Pizza Hut in downtown Boise, and I dare you to prove me wrong. And, you know, it's impossible to, to prove negatives like that, because one can always come up with 
you know, uh, other reasons why it, it still could be there, even though there's no evidence. And Actually, just, it's at the Domino's Pizza. It's, it's the Domino. The Dom- okay, yes, it is. Yes, it is. But we have to break now, but not for pizza, unless you're hungry. Chris Rutkowski with Gene and KK. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24 7 pain relief hotline at 866 389 0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. My name is Don Wiskin. In 1994, I lost my 62-year-old father to complications of bypass surgery. In 1977, my 44-year-old brother was found dead in his apartment. He suffered a heart attack. In January of 98, my mother had a stroke and passed away in her bed. 21 days later, my 53-year-old brother passed away on his arrival to the hospital. He waited too long. In June that same year, I almost joined them at 42. What did I do? I took a seven-herb formula I now call Extendivite made from garlic, cayenne, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, hawthorn, milk thistle, and valerian. Based on German studies of natural medicine, Extendivite is designed to clear blocked arteries, clean the toxins from your blood, and improve your immune system. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website, heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. 
Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, where do we go from here? A underground cavern below the Domino's Pizza in Boise, Idaho. There are probably a number of them. Probably, yeah. And maybe you'll feel like going there after having the pizza. Indeed. Yeah, I concentrate on, uh, as you know, I, f- I focus more on the reports themselves. And uh, I know that some people in, on your forum have asked some questions about it as well. I, I don't have the 2015 data complete yet. Uh, we're, in fact, we're probably a month or so away from uh, closing off the, uh, the data for 2015. I know people are still accepting reports for that. Uh, I know that we're... Uh, right now, I have somewhere in the neighborhood of probably seven or 800 UFO reports from Canada alone for 2015. Uh, a lot of them come from MUFON. A lot of them come from Peter Davenport. A lot of the people uh, have been sending reports directly to us at the Canadian UFO Survey. People have been sending them to uh, UFO Info. I get uh, Canadian government reports, and uh, we still get uh, reports from you know uh, Twitter and Facebook, and and uh, not not yet Instagram, but I'm sure that's coming. But yeah, we get we're continuing to get in reports, so I can't even give you a breakdown. I do know that I'm doing a, a bit of a rough sort of cases that seem sort of pedestrian versus ones that aren't, and by that I mean, you know, somebody sees a light in the sky and they live close to an airport. Well, it doesn't doesn't grab me. It, it may have an explanation, and it may not. But it doesn't grab me as much as somebody who sees, you know, a large black triangle with a uh, hundred lights around its perimeter flying low over their house. And there are, are a couple of cases like that. So, um, just from the rough sort, I'd have to say that of the eight uh, hundred ish uh, reports that are you know relatively uninteresting, there's probably about a hundred that are somewhat interesting. Um, and the problem is, of course, that most of the cases still in this day and age uh, are not well investigated, in fact, not investigated at all. Um, and that certainly causes a problem, whether we're talking about Canada or any other country around the world. Uh, there are some, you know, some concerns that if the reports themselves, the UFO reports, are the basis upon which people can make pronouncements about aliens on the moon and underground bases and, you know, whether the aliens dress as nuns and walk around Las Vegas and so forth, the reports themselves are, are not sufficient to make those statements, then those statements are sheer speculation and anybody and everybody can make those things without uh, anybody questioning them. And unfortunately, I think that's what's going on in ufology right now, that people are making statements and there's no way to refute them because there's no evidence one way or another to uh, to say, well, that doesn't sound right, or can you prove that, or anything like that. But the reports themselves 
are fascinating because uh, they range from... Uh, here's here's a, a report, and I'll just read it out to you. Um, this is uh, the 1st of September uh, from 2015. Uh, and uh, just reading it out here, a person went out on a south-facing balcony, noticed a large dime-sized bright glowing orange ball with a fuzzy aura moving very fast from south to northwest across the sky. It seemed to be traveling about three or four times the speed of the plane. After about two minutes, it made a blip, like a, an EKG-like blip. Well, at the same time, it got brighter, faded, got bright again, and then with a second or two, sped up, shot forward, and disappeared. You know, that's just one of the many cases that uh, were reported uh, to a number of organizations last year without talking to the witness. And I have to admit, I have not talked with this witness who was, you know, some distance away from me. I'm, I'm here in Winnipeg and this person was somewhere else. But, um, you know, there's cases from one end of the, uh, the country to the other. I mean, imagine if there's a couple of investigators in Florida and Alabama and Texas and uh, Arizona and, and California, you get a report from Oklahoma. Well, are, are you going to dash out there and investigate or you're going to hope that there's somebody in Oklahoma? Or what if you get a report from Ohio? Or what if you get a report from Maine? Who is going to be investigating these cases if, uh, if there's no one physically there? And there really are not that many UFO investigators in Canada at all. There's, there's maybe a dozen if I stretch it right now. Um, and, uh, you know, when you're looking at a country that's as wide, actually wider than the United States, uh, although the population is all scrunched along the border, you know, there's a, a lot of area there to cover if people see UFOs and, and how are you possibly to investigate? I mean, certainly some of the cases can be investigated over the phone, uh, via email, but to really investigate, to get a sense of what the witness has actually seen, it's necessary to go to wherever that person lives and and say, you know, can you point out to me where this happened and and uh, where in the sky did this occur and how did it move and and uh, did the person, you know, whose house is over that ridge, did they see it and you could go talk to that person. So there's a lot of investigation that still needs to be done and uh, it simply is lacking in a lot of cases. So I'd like to see more investigation, um, but even without all the investigation that we should have, uh, collecting the data is a step in the right direction. We do get uh, some demographics on uh, you know, what areas of the country have more cases, what time of day, uh, the shapes that are being reported. There, There's some trends from year to year. And we've been doing this, remember, for more than 25 years. I think we're in our 27th year of doing this. And so that um, we are seeing some, some very interesting results there's certainly no proof that the aliens are visiting us, but we're seeing some interesting cases come every year, and every year there are some residual cases that cannot be explained as airplane stars, fireballs, uh, planets, uh, and, and so forth. Um, but what they do tell us is that there's a, a, a phenomenon that is persistent um, and has been occurring on record for at least 27 years, and we can verify the numbers and direction and so forth, and anecdotally much much farther back than that. So it's an interesting exercise. Uh, the more data we get, the better. You know, this can be used for other studies. I've already had requests for the database by other researchers so they can look for other things in the details. It's uh, an interesting study, and uh, I really think that at the very least, the tabulation and recording of UFO case data 
is one way to get a better understanding of what's really going on uh, in terms of UFOs. Over the years, there have been claims that UFO cases fall into certain patterns. I mean, back in the 50s, we had flying saucers in the straight line mystery uh, and ley lines yeah, yeah. and things like that, that they form patterns. And if you look at those patterns, you might find areas that are sometimes called window areas that seem to attract more than their share of paranormal events. But let's not have that answer now. Let's keep it as a cliffhanger for a moment because I want to tell you that I would like you listeners to check out the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com. We offer the ad-free version of this show, the After the Paracast podcast. We offer show transcripts, just a few up, but more coming. We're starting to get involved in video with the new Paracast Plus video channel. Check out all the joy at plus.theparacast.com. Chris Rutkowski will answer the question of the ages about patterns in UFOs, sightings, window areas, and such. With Gene and KK, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if you had no contract, no activation fees, no hidden costs, tracking, tracing, harvesting customer data, or draconian gimmicks, all on the nation's best 4G LTE network? Introducing PIX Wireless. Bring your phone and other qualifying devices to PIX and choose a plan starting at only $14 a month. Get connected now. Call or click 1-866-267-2056 or PIXWireless.com. Spelled P-I-X, wireless.com. Pick PIX and get connected today. Removing bad taste and odor from your drinking water is easy. Removing the bad stuff you don't taste is what ProPure does best. Water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure countertop, inline gravity, and household water filtration products. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Or call 800-544-3533. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com.
Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So the question is raised, my friend, Chris Rutkowski. What do you see, if anything, when it comes to this patterning of UFO sightings? Well, you know, um, Bruce Cathy uh, from Australia or New Zealand um, quite a number of years ago suggested the lines of force and uh, the geomagnetic lines and so forth. Um, and I actually used, tried to use his calculations and the grid marks to uh, understand if the, the UFO grid marks made any sense in terms of Canada. From what I calculated, um, there was no overlap uh, between nodes and, and areas where there were UFOs seen more than... Uh, than any other time. Having said that, there are a few places in Canada, at least, where uh, there seem to be more UFOs than there should be. If we're simply looking at a, a nice uniform distribution and a factoring in population and so forth, uh, one area is uh, in near uh, Surrey, British Columbia, which is uh, just a little bit north of Seattle. And uh, there's actually been some speculation. It's actually referred to uh, as the Surrey Corridor, where the UFOs seen, are seen to come through this mountainous pass and, and seen in greater numbers than, uh, than they should be. Also, you have to factor in things like flaps. Um, a UFO flap, of course, is a, a cluster of UFOs occurring in a certain area at a certain time. Um, and, you know, is that a window or is that just something that, that is transient? I mean, southern Manitoba in the 1970s had a very strong cluster of, of UFOs being reported and, and vanished now for the most part. Uh, are there things happening more often than not? Uh, it's difficult to say. I know my colleagues in Quebec are seeing many more um, cases than they should be, but, you know, they're also investigating uh, a lot more uh, uh, in the outlying areas in the French countryside. So they are able to, to get out and talk to more people. So I'm wondering whether what we think are um, windows and flap areas are simply effects of the fact that investigators are looking into particular areas. Now, 
there have been historically some interesting window areas. You know, people talk about Warminster in England and uh, certainly Sedona and places like that. And I have, uh, I have some friends who are from Sedona and they say, yeah, absolutely. There seem to be a lot of UFOs uh, zipping around Sedona all the time. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, just down the hill. So, yeah, so I don't know whether... The San know, Luis Valley, something. too, is another spot, also around White Sands in New Mexico. Mm. Uh, there's there's places uh, in California, out around Joshua Tree, uh, parts of Death Valley, Mojave. Of course, that's pretty near Palmdale and the Skunk Works, another exotic technology uh, uh, development area. So, you know, you can make the argument that maybe some of that's misidentified. But but traditionally, I think these so-called window areas have more flaps in them and more attention is placed on them uh, regionally than other areas. And uh, and and I think that there there is a strong case to be made that there do seem to be areas that seem to feature more of this type of activity that's above and beyond uh, any sort of investigator be, being there. If the well, investigator shows up, uh, then they're, they're able to dig back into uh, police files, um, go to colleges, astronomy departments, things like that, talk with local uh, uh, local uh, residents and, and stuff, and, and start to compile you know, disparate reports that never were really put together into one place, which is very, exactly what I did. From going three years not thinking there's anything going on in an area, to just starting to look into it casually and finding out there's all sorts of things going on there and that actually people knew about it but just didn't talk about it. Yeah, and there's no question. I've gone on um, what are called UFO digs where I've gone to an area where I had not heard of UFO reports coming from there. And I just you know went to the local general store and the gas stations and, and started asking around. And lo and behold... Like you say, people are are coming forward slowly with uh, with their UFO sightings, but only because I was asking around. And then you dig into the historical records and you find more and more. And people were just reluctant to talk about them. Yeah, we'll, we'll continue, Chris. I, I didn't want. I, I just wanted to digress a little bit and give an example of an area that I do feel is a window area that the locals knew that, but then uh, it wasn't until somebody came along and. Really started digging into it that um, that word of a word of this activity got out to the, you know, to the larger public. Yeah, and then uh, I can even go a little bit further than that. Um, when things were happening in southern Manitoba in the 1970s, uh, I you know would talk to a UFO witness and uh, uh, and then I would realize that if that person had seen it, then the person a mile down the. Uh, the road at their farmhouse would have seen something. So I'd go and talk to that person. And I'd start out by saying, well, have you ever seen anything unusual? Have, has there any been, you know, any unusual phenomena that you've experienced or things like that? And they would say, no, no, no nothing, nothing, not at all. And uh, as I was leaving, I'd say, okay, yeah, good. I have to, you know, finish dowsing for my well. And, you know, there's an overlap of some paranormal phenomena there. And then I'd talk to somebody who'd say, no, we haven't seen any UFOs, but mind you, there's some uh, ghost lights hovering over the cemetery, you know, just a mile down the road. And then there's a classic case where um, a UFO had been seen by an entire family uh, on a particular night, and I would look for additional witnesses. And uh, I didn't find any additional witnesses to the UFO that night, but a mile away, some people had seen a Sasquatch. Um, and so you're getting this overlap of all these unusual phenomena, and it's very, very tempting to say that they're all related. 
Um, and, uh, you know, John Keel would just, uh, you know, be delighted with this type of thing when he encountered them. And I have to admit, at one point, I was very Keelian in my approach, uh, uh, you know, reading a lot of Valet and Keel really got me going in, into the, the various types of uh, phenomena. And uh, for a while, I, I was a full-fledged 14 looking into virtually everything. Um, well, you, that implies something there, which is that you are no longer in that category. Is that correct? Yeah, and the reason is because I don't have the time. I mean, there's, uh, it, it's, uh, you know, I spend all my free time uh, working on the UFO cases that come across my desk. I don't have time to look into the Sasquatch cases anymore and uh, the, uh, the ghost hunters, even though I do. Uh, I'm actually, <laughs> I've been invited to participate in some uh, seances and, and uh, ghost hunting expeditions from time to time. And there's a, one coming up that I can't go to. But, you know, there's people out there who are doing that. And that's where their focus uh, lies rather than the UFOs. And that's fine. Um, and maybe there's a, you know, it opens the door for good cooperation and exchange of information in case there is some some serious overlap in that. Chris, I thought you'd have a response to that. Uh, well, um, yes, I do. Um, I have noticed uh, over the years of you know my thirteen years in the San Luis Valley, the ten years of intensive investigative work that that all kinds of activity on various uh, uh, what would appear to be divergent phenomena uh, tend to ebb and flow uh, in concert. In other words, if there was, uh, and, and not only that, but strange weather, aberrant social behavior, um, there tend to be periods where, you know, <laughs> reality seems to go a little kooky and all sorts of stuff. You get reports of crypto creatures, uh, UFO sightings, military convoys. Uh, we had one weekend where we had 12 weird fires and a uh, the bridesmaid, the, the head bridesmaid of, at a wedding, the sister of the bride knifed her to death at the reception, just totally out of the blue. They were, you know, very, very, obviously very close. And all this stuff happened in a two-day period, and Stephen Greer was in town. Oh, well, that just <laughs> was his off. fault then. That's what it is, Chris. <laughs> Stephen Greer did. Doesn't matter what it was, doesn't matter when it was, doesn't matter where it was, if Stephen Greer is there. Yeah, now I'm rhymes. not saying that all it. these events are are connected, or that they somehow have a they share some sort of you know causal force or something. I, I'm not saying that at all. I just find it very <laughs> intriguing that you should have you know the entire San, center portion of the San Luis Valley freaking out for two days, and then everything's kind of back to normal. Although it was in the middle of a of an ongoing UFO flap. Yeah. We have to get back to normal for just a couple of minutes. With Chris Rudkowski, Gene and KK, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Nussbaum with the Anthem Foundation. Premature birth is the leading cause of death of babies and disabilities for children. That's why we support the March of Dimes to help mothers have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment and outreach to help moms during their pregnancy, and give every baby a healthy start in life. Learn how you can help at marchofdimes.org. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. 
He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Yes, talking about patterns, other things happening, John Keel, Charles Fort, all these other things going on. What do you think about some of these more exotic theories, Chris, about UFOs, such as higher dimensions and time travelers and all that? Well, I have an issue about the the dimensional type of thing, that uh, a lot of the contactees are now saying that uh, the aliens who contact them are from other dimensions. I'm not sure that's the right term. I I think it's a misuse of of the term, because in mathematics, dimensions are, are very understandable Things and you, know, you probably have you know heard the the comments that uh, you know there's eleven dimensions in our universe uh, and they're all folded in uh, to one another except for the uh, three or four that we see and, and can experience. The question is if there was a you know a creature living in the eighth dimension, you know, would we be aware of its existence? Um, and the reality is we all live everything on this planet live in all eleven dimensions. Uh, the problem is we simply can't, with our limited uh, senses, experience all 11 of the dimensions. But um, an eighth-dimensional being actually will manifest in a three-dimensional world. Uh, and there will be some interactions. Not that they're they're invisible. You know, they can unfold a little bit more than, than we can. And I have no idea how that would be possible. So but- we don't have any fifth-dimensional creatures who basically play mischief with us but you can send them back to their fifth dimension by making them say their name backwards. Yes, basically, <laughs> that's that's how it works. Maybe in terms of instead of dimension, um, you might say something like parallel universe or you know something like that. But dimension is is definitely not the right term as we understand the mathematics of it. Uh, now, do I think that uh, it's possible that there's a parallel universe uh, just next to ours, whatever that means in physics? where the uh, aliens are coming from, I don't know. The The problem is nobody knows. Uh, and so people who tell me for sure that the aliens come from another dimension or they come from a parallel universe or there's, you know, some sort of passageway through time and consciousness and blah, 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 blah. That's sheer speculation. Um, and it's fine if you want to get into the science fiction aspect again. But I think we have to get down to earth. Uh, the the old line about the truth is out there, well, unfortunately, we're stuck down here. And that's part of the issue. You know, maybe we'll never get to the truth because, because we are stuck, stuck down here. Perhaps there are ways of doing tests to, to verify uh, that such dimensions really exist, that parallel universes uh, do exist. I know there's been a, uh, some suggestions that we are inside a black hole or maybe we actually are a hologram or maybe something else. I mean, those are all really great, great concepts, uh, but proving them to the satisfaction of physicists and scientists, that's real tough. So I have some issues when I hear people, you know, tell me about uh, the aliens coming from this dimension or that dimension or, or wherever. 
because it just doesn't make any sense. I, you know, I know that some people talk about, well, the aliens are deliberately giving us false information to send us off the track because we're not actually quite ready to join the Galactic Club and things like that. You know, I'm hoping that aliens aren't jerks and doing that to us. But they, they, uh, they have pro bono proctologists who who arrive and and do all this pro bono work on abductees for for no apparent reason. Yeah, well, how do you know they're pro bono, Chris? You don't leave a dollar for them on the counter or anything, or <laughs> I don't know. I've never met an abductee that had that uh, that problem, so I've never been able to ask them if they tip. <laughs> Well, I was, I was going to say something about this when, when you were talking about Hillary getting to the bottom of UFOs. But oh, yes. Quite, I, 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 I just, I, I resisted the temptation. Yeah, of course. Well, you're kind of stuck with that. You're obsessed with that. I just think it's a, it's a funny term. I, actually, I, I borrowed it from Terrence McKenna. Whenever people would talk about abductions, he'd go, what, you know, what's up with this abduction thing, man? And people believe that there are pro bono proctologists coming from other star systems. And he, he makes a good point. Well, yeah, I mean, the, if they're, the aliens are actually coming here, they'd want to test us in some way, and whether it's that uh, that way or something a little more benign, uh, I mean, I make the point that it's completely unnecessary now for aliens to uh, actually interact with people at all, because all you have to do is tune into CNN or Fox News from a distance, and you get all the information uh, that you need about this particular planet. That would be enough to scare any alien exactly. to go to the next star system. Exactly. <laughs> of course, the you know if they looked at Canadian news, maybe they'd be... Well, we'd know. apologize to them, mostly. So. <laughs> Do you apologize for America? Oh, I have to. It's you Constantly. Are you kidding? <laughs> I just like, wonder what it looks like in Canada... To God. all the craziness that's happening in this country, spell Donald Trump. Huh. Well, you know, Canada ha- has its uh, has its own issues too. We have we we apologize, but we have both Captain Kirk and Paul Hellier. So you put those together, and you know, hell, hell to pay, Hellier exactly. to pay. Although we also have pa- um, Pamela Anderson, and uh, we don't apologize for that at all. You also have Scotty. We have Scotty, and, and unfortunately, we also have Justin Bieber. So, Oh, my God. Really? He's Canadian? That explains it. Yeah. Well, what about your new premiere? Um, my new premiere? Premiere. Oh, the, oh uh, uh, um, Justin Trudeau. Right. Well, I mean, um, he's certainly um, doing things in very, very different ways. I mean, uh, he actually uh, go, dives right into a crowd to talk. Um, he's actually holding more news conferences. Uh, I think he's held more news conferences in the past couple of months than the previous um, prime minister uh, has. Uh, prime minister, prior. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> premier. Yeah, that's why I was confused about that. Uh, the premier is <laughs> another issue. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, then the previous prime minister had throughout the, the past year. Um, but. Um, He's he again. He's focused on a, a lot of interesting things. Um, you know, he's been shirtless as often as uh, Putin. Um, he's cool. Uh, I bet you the girls like that. The girls love him. They, in fact, I, I think well, he's, he's he's a hottie. He's a young guy. He's good looking. He's well spoken, mm-hmm. and he's got that uh, that magical name. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and of course, uh, his father. 
uh, was actually in a, and this goes you know back to what we were talking about earlier. He was actually a villain in uh, the Marvel Comics universe. Um, uh, that uh, Pierre Trudeau was a was a villain. He was actually in charge of a organization that was uh, ruling Alpha Flight uh, against the Avengers. So, you know, uh, anybody who you know can you know do that, you know, has some good pedigree. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not going to touch that one. Well, do you think that there's any hope for uh, uh, some sort of transparency or some sort of governmental cooperation with uh, the civilian UFO uh, uh, investigators up there? I mean, has anyone talked about possibly approaching him and seeing if he's open to uh, supplying some some funding, some help, uh, anything like that? Anyway, uh, is there any scuttlebutt going on, uh, you know, related to that kind of effort? Well, actually, I, I haven't heard that, but uh, you know, even his predecessor during the reign of his predecessor, uh, things were pretty open up here. You know, I think I've made the point previously that you know, in terms of uh, disclosure, we've we've had a pretty good run of uh, easy access to information. In fact, do I have that? And with I thought I had something uh, on my desk right now. Um, I received uh, you know uh, two or three UFO reports from the. Uh, the Canadian Air Force, just since the beginning of the year. And I've been getting those all along. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the reports are on file at the National Archives of Canada. Um, I think there's five or 6,000 pages of documents uh, on Canadian UFO cases that are uh, available online now that anybody uh, can look at. Um, you, know, there's, uh, you know, we have some pretty decent transparency uh, in terms of what's going on, again, you know, my caveat is: Do I think there's some cases that we don't know about? Yeah, I don't think I get all the, all, you know, all of the UFO cases. But you know, when I get cases that come through the uh, the military and the RCMP and and police, uh, I think I get a good good chunk. That's how I can you know get my uh, the numbers up to uh, eight nine hundred and wow. into the thousands for some years. Well, that's that's pretty good uh, source material, I would think. Absolutely. Relatively speaking to what UFO investigators uh, south of the border here uh, uh, deal with. I mean, it's it's just some of the stuff that, that passes for, you know, people freaking out and saying, oh, my God, did you see that footage? And it's like, you know, five glowing objects coming together and, and going apart over a major city. And there's not one report filed anywhere by anybody else. So to me, obviously, it's a hoax. So Let's do our break here. And then we'll find out whether a lot of other things are hoaxes too or not with Gene KK and Chris Witkowski. It's your turn, Chris. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old-world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. He sounded like Bob Zanotti. Bob's our staff announcer, so to speak. (laughs) He's going to sue you now for stealing his voice. Okay, yeah. Theft of voice. There you go. I want to ask you kind of an offhanded question based on something that you talked about earlier. You don't believe in ancient astronauts, do you? Um, I believe that, statistically speaking, it is more likely that aliens visited us in the past than they are visiting us right now, simply because of the long time period we're looking at. I don't think we have enough really indisputable evidence that uh, you know, you know, the aliens definitely visited us in the past, but I think it's possible that it occurred and having said that that's you know not based on on any scientific evidence have you read the stories and the legends as to where they think we see indications of et visitation oh absolutely in fact i uh, spent some time talking with uh, eric von daniken himself uh, just a few years ago um and uh, i found him to be a great guy i mean uh very, very bright and uh, very personable. I really enjoy his presentations. I, uh, I think uh, Gobekli Tepli is a very strange place, and I have no idea how that stuff got there. Uh, do I think aliens made it? I have no idea. My approach would be more to say, you know, I really don't know, but rather than say aliens made it, I just sort of say, hey, that's one of the really weird things in this world, and uh, I think it needs to be studied more. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I leave it for the anthropologists and the archaeologists uh, to, and the engineers uh, to try and figure out how those were made. Um, I've uh, actually, uh, earlier in my career, uh, I was into archaeoastronomy, and I actually published a couple of papers on some interesting uh, linear mounds and uh, uh, 
petroforms uh, up here in Canada that made it into some uh, archaeoastronomy journals. Uh, I, you know, where um, uh, in a particular arrangement of boulders left by uh, indigenous uh, peoples uh, many years ago, uh, one of the alignments seemed to you know be in line with uh, the rising of the moon on the solstice, or, or, or you know something like that. Uh, you know, it's very interesting to to see how. Uh, a lot of the uh, you know the older cultures that we think you know really weren't that advanced had very significant uh, knowledge about what was going on in the sky, which doesn't really surprise me because you know it's hard to imagine that in these days where you know you've got people listening to us right now on uh, on their phones and and tablets as they're riding on the bus or in a train somewhere. And, uh, you know, you have a computer in the palm of your hand and you can turn on cable television and see, you know, stream, you know, a thousand different types of movies in one night. Not that long ago, entertainment meant looking into the sky. And so, uh, you know, you gained a greater appreciation of your environment without any distractions uh, by looking and really looking at what's in the sky and really looking at nature and noticing how things uh, shift and compare and align up and how things change with the seasons and um, modify with time. So I, I think we don't have a, the best appreciation of uh, what life was like two or three hundred years ago, for example. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, there's a, a, you know, I just imagine a thousand years ago or two thousand years ago when the pyramids were being built that, uh, you know, people seem to understand alignments a lot better and, and when you think that the curvature of the earth was determined by looking, you know, from the bottom of a well, and, you know, things like that. Um, it's very interesting to see how an appreciation of our world has come through insight into just an appreciation of nature. So I think there's some fascinating things out there. I don't know whether some of the really weird stuff was, you know, created by ancient astronauts or aliens. But, uh, uh, you know, I just have to chalk that up and shrug my shoulders and because I don't have the answers and I can speculate as much as anybody, but that doesn't mean that I'm right. You did make one point here that it was more likely we had E.T. in the past than maybe now. Do you feel then that the force behind the UFOs is all or mostly gone and that what we see today, maybe it's just misidentified conventional objects when it's not a hoax? Well, that's a very good point. Um, yeah, it, it is possible that, um, you know, uh, aliens visited Earth when, you know, we were, you know, still in the Stone Age, for example, uh, which really wasn't that long ago when you think about it, um, because a lot of the Bible occurred in the Bronze Age. So that really, you know, is not that long ago if you put it in that context either. Um, but uh, given that, you know, we were talking about thousands or millions of years, you know, maybe aliens visited us when, uh, you know, the, you know, where Homo uh, erectus was just starting to, uh, to manifest. And I said, you know what, we're going to come back in about 5,000 years and see how they're doing. And, uh, you know, maybe they're, uh, they're due to come back any time now. Or maybe it is that they, uh, you know, have come back after 2,000 years or 3,000 or 5,000 and said, yeah, you know, let's keep an eye on them a little bit more. Maybe we'll uh, abduct one for some experimentation and, uh, you know, put their earrings on backwards or on different ears or other people just to see if anybody notices, like like John Mack had suggested. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe we will actually come out and reveal ourselves someday. In fact, 
this whole thing of disclosure, when you think about it, it's actually up to the aliens, not to us, right? That if the aliens really wanted uh, us to know they're here, regardless of whether the government was keeping anything from us, I think we wouldn't have any choice if the aliens decided to do it. That's the thing that's so worrisome here. If we have aliens, why aren't they making themselves known? And then you have to be suspicious of people who claim to be in contact with so-called space brothers, with air quotes, or higher beings, equal air quotes. Because they're not interested in contacting anybody you know, anybody (laughs) famous. It's the farmer in Wisconsin so he can try some of their lousy pancakes. (laughs) Just come to Sedona. There's dozens and dozens of people that are in close personal contact uh, on the etheric with all kinds of beings, Zeus, the Arcturians, the Pleiadians, uh, uh, the, the list is endless. Uh, well, how do you I, know that? How do you know if, a, if somebody says that I'm in contact with the Pleiadians, how do you know that it's really the Pleiadians? Well, the, the, my point exactly, I'm being facetious here. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I moved. <laughs> I couldn't take it anymore. Get away from those Pleiadians. Oh, boy. They yeah, it's like, all night and they smell and, you know, it's just, oh. Well, you know, if well, you're in a spaceship for five years and you never took a shower. Well, yeah. Well, The Martian, the, the movie. Great movie, by the way. Um, yeah. that was, very good. Very Loved good. it. Matt Damon's one of his best. I thought he was really good in it. If He's gone back to playing Bourne again. Yes, yeah. People really? always loved the movie but didn't like Matt Damon. Who knew, you know? Well, um, of course, they had what Jeremy Renner played another He's one of those characters. Bourne franchise, as they call it. The Bourne franchise is back with Matt Damon and the original, or one of the original directors and producers. So they're trying it again. I guess when they try to have this other Bourne character, again, the Jeremy Renner, who's also in Mission Impossible and the Avengers, to make him a similar or more powerful character, it didn't really do that well. It did enough, I guess, to make it, the investment. It, I liked the movie. I thought it was good. I, I was a... Always, though, as a kid, was a huge Ludlum fan. So I thought they've really done a good job with the Bourne, the Bourne stories. Of course, the last couple, I think, were written by Ringers because Ludlum died. But, oh, well. Listen, look at James Bond. Never ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's the next Bond? It's going to be a woman, I heard. Well, I don't know if it's going to be a woman. It might be a black Bond. It's funny, hey. the guy who currently plays Superman... Henry Cavill allegedly was second runner-up no. when they hired Daniel Craig. The problem was he was in his late 20s at the time yeah, and too young. young. But now, of course, he's in his mid-30s. And maybe after another five years of flying around as Superman and doing all that horrible exercising to build up his muscles, he'll make a decision, you know what, I'll become Bond. Of course, he did play Napoleon Solo in the remake of Man from U.N.C.L.E., which went nowhere. It did. Yeah. Ha- I liked it though. It's kind of a cute movie. Anyway, why are we talking about this? Why are we talking? Well, about? I think they should have a transgender bond or a transsexual bond just to make it really interesting. Chris Rutkowski is not going to answer that. I don't think. No, no. With Gene and KK, you're in the Paracast. If you're fascinated by UFOs, ancient aliens, archaeological mysteries, ghost hunting, Atlantis, and any other paranormal topic as we are, be sure to check out APMagazine.info each month. 
Since 1985, it has presented the latest research by top researchers like Andrew Collins, Brad Steiger, and many others, and contains interviews with such leading personalities as Jacques Vallée. Check, click on one of their banners and check out apmagazine.info. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. Did you know that home break-ins increase more than 100% during the holidays? It takes just 10 seconds for an intruder to kick in your door. But police response to a home alarm system is more than 20 minutes. And intruders are in and out of your home in 5 minutes. Thieves know that you're not home and have presents inside just waiting to be taken. And if you are home, how safe will you feel with an intruder lurking inside with your family? That's why police across the country are recommending you use door armor. Proven to withstand the force of a battering ram, door armor keeps intruders out. It's easy to install and barely visible, and your door armor is guaranteed for life. Go to InvasionStopper.com for a very special buy one, get one at half off deal. These savings are for a limited time and only available to GCN listeners. Protect your valuables and loved ones this holiday season. Go to InvasionStopper.com now. That's InvasionStopper.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, There's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call a place for mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if you had no contract, no activation fees, no hidden costs, tracking, tracing, harvesting customer data, or draconian gimmicks, all on the nation's best 4G LTE network? Introducing PIX Wireless. Bring your phone and other qualifying devices to PIX and choose a plan starting at only $14 a month. Get connected now. Call or click 1-866-267-2056 or PIXWireless.com. Spelled P-I-X, wireless.com. Pick PIX and get connected today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. 
That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So you see, after the pro bono proctologist scenario, it's getting crazy. All right, let's talk about abductions here a little bit. Bring people up to date. Chris's favorite subject. (laughs) Amongst all the sightings you're collecting in recent years, much abduction activity anymore? No, in fact, uh, although I have to admit the the latest bash, the 2015s, I would have to say that there are probably uh, a half dozen to a dozen reports. And these are reports made to established groups. Uh, I mean, a lot of the abduction cases you hear about are uh, through abduction researchers, you know, who, you know, where, who've been studying them and they've been regressing them and so forth. But to actually make uh, an abduction report to MUFON or to Peter Davenport or, or uh, UFO Info and organizations like that, I think that's quite interesting too to suggest that it's really becoming mainstream as well. Uh, if it hasn't been mainstream already, but just imagine me putting your name to this type of thing uh, and putting it on a form and then sending it into an organization. So I think there, there are at least, you know, maybe a dozen or so uh, that I saw uh, in my quick glance through the reports uh, as I'm going through them. Having said that, of course, the problem with abduction research and the abductions that I used to uh, investigate quite heavily uh, is that it does take a lot of time. I mean, you get a UFO report in, somebody sees a triangle flying overhead, you can go to the person's house, you can get triangulation measurements, you can get an idea of how big it is, you get them to draw a picture, talk to neighbors and so forth, you check with airports, you check with, you know, this sort of thing. It's an interesting case that has a certain structure. But if someone comes forward and says that they believe they've been abducted and it's been ongoing since they were a child and, you know, it's happening, you know, quite regularly, um, that's a case that involves a lot of time. Uh, If you want to work with a clinical psychologist or a clinical hypnotherapist, uh, it may take several regression sessions or several, just even just uh, therapy uh, sessions before you get to the actual hypnotic regression points, if that's the direction you're going to go. So it has to take a place over a course of uh, several months. And of course, as you progress, there's going to be more, you know, abduction experiences being reported and so forth. So it takes a lot of effort to investigate. I think that's the UFO reporting themselves, if the, if the reports themselves and the sightings themselves aren't investigated well, just imagine how much more difficult it is for the average field investigator from MUFON to uh, handle abduction investigations. Yeah. So the problem is it takes a lot of effort on the part of investigators to study uh, such cases. Now, back in the, I'm trying to think now, or, uh, late 80s, early 90s, I think it was, when I actually facilitated and an abduction, I guess, a support group. Um, I, you know, had received some minor training. I was uh, my minors in psychology, so I knew the uh, clinical psychology department members quite well at the university. Uh, took some training and uh, doing some therapy. Uh, worked with individuals who had come forward uh, because they believed that they were uh, they had been abducted and had experiences. And but it was done very much like a any other clinical group. Um, that uh, one would encounter, like an, uh, an abuse group or a, a Gamblers Anonymous. You know, there were strict guidelines on how to communicate 
uh, how the group had to run, you know, no crosstalk and all this sort of stuff. And it was done in a very, very clinical way. And uh, after about, I think, five or six months, I realized that the group was actually better off running itself without my involvement. So I actually withdrew from uh, working with the abductees support group. And uh, it continued for a number of years um, after that. Um, I think that's probably one of the, the best ways to go about uh, this is to have uh, people of like mind uh, working with one another. The danger there, of course, is that if people are delusional, as one suggests, as some people have suggested about abductions, having them feed off or encourage one another's delusions is definitely not healthy. So I would you know, strongly recommend that uh, clinical psychologists be involved with abduction research. Uh, it's hard to find people, you know, willing to take them on. Not just people who have taken courses in hypnosis and uh, believe that they themselves are uh, contactees and they're going to help other people. I think uh, the problem is that there are other symptoms that may mask as, as contact. Uh, I had a number of people in the abductee support group uh, one woman I remember who had um, been raped, the abduction memory uh, was a mask for that event. And there was another person who um, was very depressed and actually attempted suicide uh, while the course uh, of the uh, investigation. Um, and when you get into things like that, for me that says hands off. That means uh, that it's, just, it's outside the realm of UFO investigators and abduction researchers and might rightly be better treated and uh, studied by clinical psychologists or psychiatrists. Not because the people themselves are crazy, whatever that means, we try not to use those terms, but because whatever trauma has occurred, um, they're not dealing with it appropriately or don't have the capacity to deal with it, and so they do need some medical help and professional help for dealing with these issues. Um, and for that reason, I try to to get people who have had uh, come to me with abduction experiences to go to their own doctor, to go to a clinical psychologist, um, simply to to help them resolve issues uh, regarding anxiety, depression, trauma that may have occurred in their lives, and so forth. Because I think that's the best avenue. I think it's important that uh, you know, in terms of. Um, medical advice, you know, the first rule is first do no harm. Well, what does that mean when it when you come to uh, abduction uh, cases? What, do you, what does that mean when it comes to contact cases? People who are convinced that aliens are watching their every move and directing their every move and, and so forth. Um, is there another way of handling it? And is there a way of doing it in a humanistic, in a, a very humane way of treating uh, the individuals, again, not that they are somehow uh, mentally ill, in some cases that may be true, but simply because uh, it's a, a way of dealing with people who really do need help and they need professional help in dealing with experiences in their lives. question I have, though, is are traditional mental health therapists equipped to handle this kind of case? Because we're dealing something here that may be beyond the ordinary because someone who believes for whatever reason they're being abducted by ET that's just not a normal case and I would assume they'd be regarded as maybe being a little crazy absolutely and in fact that's one of the problems is that it uh, this uh, the abduction phenomena hasn't been studied enough or taken seriously enough 
uh, by clinical professionals. Having said that, um, there was a paper, oh, I'm thinking at least 30 years ago, maybe 40 years ago now, um, of uh, um, that was published, I think it was a, a French psychiatrist who was, um, his theory was that people who um, believed in UFOs were uh, psychotic. And, oh boy, uh, let's get into that in our next segment. Okay. <laughs> Some people think I'm psychotic. I'm Gene, he's KK, he's Chris, you're in... <laughs> the Bearcats! <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if you had no contract, no activation fees, no hidden costs, tracking, tracing, harvesting customer data, or draconian gimmicks, all on the nation's best 4G LTE network? Introducing PIX Wireless. Bring your phone and other qualifying devices to PIX and choose a plan starting at only $14 a month. Get connected now. Call or click 1-866-267-2056 or PIXWireless.com. Spelled P-I-X, wireless.com. Pick PIX and get connected today. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. 
Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Well, if you think I'm psychotic, listen to that voice again. Go back to the previous segment and rewind and listen to that voice. Okay, so this guy you're talking about, Chris Rutkowski thought that these people were psychotic. Well, or, yeah, he, his theory was that people who um, who see UFOs and uh, and so forth are are somehow delusional. So what he did is that he did a survey of psychiatric institutions there with the idea that if people are delusional because they've seen UFOs or the other way around, um, that the psychiatric institutions would be full of people who believe they've seen UFOs and had been contacted by aliens. And lo and behold, he found very few people who are institutionalized um, who uh, you know, had, were talking about aliens and so forth. Uh, now, that was a number of years ago. I don't know how that would reflect now. But what that says to me is that um, proving that theory false uh, suggests that there's more to it that's going on, that perhaps it's, uh, it's more... Um, common, maybe it's more mainstream, uh, perhaps people who see UFOs and uh, believe they've been abducted uh, are highly functioning and, uh, you know, they can pump gas or, or uh, type in a, in a secretarial pool or teach at universities even though they believe that they've been abducted. Does that mean that they have a mental illness or does it mean that there's a real phenomenon going on? Uh, that needs to be studied more and is simply manifesting. I mean, uh, if you look at the numbers and the percentages of people who have depression in our society um, uh, or who have, uh, you know, experienced trauma in their lives and are still highly functional, would it be surprising if abductees or contactees fall into these categories of highly functioning individuals who in every other way appear normal? Um, maybe normal itself has to be redefined. Uh, that it's yeah. common for people to uh, believe they've been abducted and, uh, and contacted by aliens. Does that mean that the contact is really existing, or is it simply a matter of um, this is what uh, some people are like? It's, I think there's a, an amazing amount 
of research that could be done by people wanting to take a look at this. I think there's you know dozens of doctoral theses and postdoctoral theses uh, waiting to be done. Uh, in the field of ufology. Does that imply here that we're all just a little bit crazy and sometimes that craziness becomes more disturbing than other times? Again, you know, I know uh, John Mack and uh, and, uh, a few others and David Jacobs are trying to make the case that uh, there's no psychopathology uh, involved with uh, ufology when it comes to UFO witnesses and abductees. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I mean, Susan, um, what's her name, Blackmore, um, made the case that uh, UFO abductees um, did not display any overt uh, psychopathology, uh, that they were of certainly normal in every other way. Uh, and yet, if you read John Mack's books, you know, he had cases, case after case of people who had been traumatized, who had been marginalized, who had been abused a number of years later, uh, had some abduction memories. So, uh, I think that there is still a lot of research that needs to be done. There was a classic paper on, oh boy, I'm trying to remember some of these, uh, the, the scientific papers that have been produced. Uh, I know Jenny Randall's uh, did some work in this regard, too, about... Uh, uh, people whose uh, belief systems are, uh, uh, you know, so strong that uh, you know when they encounter a refutation of their beliefs, they grab onto their beliefs even stronger, you know, refusing to, uh, you know, to den- uh, to accept the fact that their beliefs were somehow wrong. Well, then you know, can we say, because this is following, that almost anyone who reports some kind of paranormal-related experience, UFOs, ghosts, whatever, may have some kind of pathology involved? Because that's the implication. I think some debunkers would like to say that, but I don't think that, that the evidence, uh, the scientific evidence and the medical evidence uh, bears that out. What we can say is that you know people are interested in some very fascinating things these days, and and uh, there's a fine line between uh, genius and insanity. Uh, you know when you look at uh, you know how uh, uh, individuals who are very very intelligent are often very interested in uh, some very unusual things. I think Stan Friedman himself looks at some of the polls that show that the more education you have, the more likely you are to believe in UFOs. I think the fact is that sometimes people who are highly intelligent, you know, are open to this possibility that they are flirting with uh, what is impossible because that's the way that advances in science are made. In fact, uh, there have been studies to show that, you know, sometimes dream states and uh, uh, working, uh, you know, in uh, where you're sleep deprived and so forth actually helps the creative process because uh, you know uh, you know it allows the brain to go off in different directions and then you can come up with ideas you wouldn't have if you were in a very structured environment. So it's actually good that people are coming up with interesting ideas about UFOs and and ancient astronauts and and theories like that because you know it's a way of thinking about our world in a very very different manner. I can mention maybe we have to redefine what's normal in this society. Maybe people who don't think about UFOs and, and our place in the universe are the ones who are uh, a little less normal than the rest of us. Or is our conception of reality so fluid it's hard to define? Well, reality isn't an illusion. It just seems that way. Old joke. One. To some people, it's a nightmare. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the uh, middle-aged housewife from Sudbury or from Burnaby or outside of Montreal to go, yeah, I was abducted and the aliens, they did my nails. Check this out. (laughs) And there's like some weird 3D hologram that's, you know, embedded in the, I'm just waiting for some physical evidence. I mean, come on, give it up, guys, or whatever you are. 
Well, who was one of the debunkers used to say, um, well, how come the abductees never come back with a uh, towel from the Mars Hilton or something like that, or an ashtray, you know? They never come back with something like that. Well, maybe they don't have towels there. They use hot air or something. Well, or uh, and the debunkers would be you know, full of that anyways, so... <laughs> Well, I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> uh, that's an MC Hammer. Yeah. You can't touch that. That's a little rough. Before we get too rough here, and we have a segment and a third left with the show, do you think there's ever going to be a final answer to this, or is this part of the process of discovering the universe where it just keeps expanding? You know, I, I couldn't have said it any better, uh, Gene. I. I think this is part of the process of discovery of who we are. You know, asking the questions. Uh, it's the only way to really get any answers. Uh, if we didn't question um, our reality, if we didn't question, you know, how things are, you know, we wouldn't make any progress whatsoever. Uh, being complacent is not the way to make some kind of progress. So I think that wondering uh, about UFOs and our place in the universe is good. And I've made the point before that, you know, it's, um, uh, it's good to have an open mind, but not so open that your brains fall out. Uh, you, it's good that we think about all this possibility. But, you know, there are some, you know, I hate to say limitations because we try to avoid limitations like it's a bad word. But there are some limitations here. That if you accept everything, then um, truth is never going to come clear. If you um, question everything, uh, then you're going to be frozen without any ability to move in any particular direction. So there are some ultimate answers. There are also there are some ultimate truths, and it's uh, being uh, you know in a place to appreciate. Uh, those limitations that uh, will make us get forward. I mean, the fact that we are talking via Skype, which was developed, you know, in a certain uh, uh, programming language, um, you know, you, making use of electrons in a very creative manner, um, it's just nothing that's willy-nilly. There are specific ways in which the program works. There are specific ways in which uh, the technology works so that we can actually communicate and so that people um, on a train traveling between Philadelphia and Pittsburgh uh, can actually listen to us. You know what? Uh, we get into that situation with my son on his travels, but that's too complicated to explain. Chris <laughs> Witkowski is trying to answer the questions of the universe. With Gene and KK, you're in The Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if you had no contract, no activation fees, no hidden costs, tracking, tracing, harvesting customer data, or draconian gimmicks, all on the nation's best 4G LTE network? Introducing PIX Wireless. Bring your phone and other qualifying devices to PIX and choose a plan starting at only $14 a month. Get connected now. Call or click 1-866-267-2056 or PIXWireless.com. Spelled P-I-X, wireless.com. Pick PIX and get connected today. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. There's one major factor affecting the health of millions, and most people are completely unaware. Acid levels. Soda, meat, dairy, caffeine, and sugar can all lead to elevated acid levels in the body. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops get the body's pH levels back in perfect balance. It's a holistic, natural, and powerful approach that will give you greater health, vitality, and zest for life. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Visit alkavision.com. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at alkavision.com. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. (laughs) 
So I gather from what you're saying, you don't think all these people who say, we got to have disclosure, the governments know the truth, we have to sit back and let them tell us, you don't think that's going to happen? No, I really don't think that's going to happen. You know, first of all, you know, my own experience in Canada is I do get a lot of the cases. Um, it's unfortunate that in the United States, for example, uh, we do have the, this black hole between 1970-ish and the present when we don't really know what is being reported and experienced in terms of military UFO reports and the general population. But through the work of MUFON and Peter Davenport and, and Brian Vike and others, we have a good idea of what is being reported internationally. Uh, so we know the UFO reports are, are definitely occurring and occurring in greater numbers every year, according to the studies like ours at the Canadian UFO Survey. Now, does the government have, you know, secrets? Yes. Does the government have more information about UFOs than we know now? Yes, I think it's established. You know, we just have one example of the United States post-Blue Book has a lot more information about UFOs. Um, but does that mean that they are keeping a secret that the aliens are really in contact with us or that, you know, that they're uh, that they're helping our technology and and raising our consciousness and, and right that we have a stuff. treaty with them and yeah. we're allowing them to abduct people and mutilate cattle in exchange for technology uh, trade offs. It, it just yeah, doesn't. I, that, you know, I don't think we can actually say that. And anybody who says that, that we they know that for sure um, is just you know talking out of their hands because it just we just don't have that information, and I don't think the information is there now. Does that mean that we should? stop pursuing it? No, I don't think so. I think that, uh, you know, the way we find out about uh, uh, some of what's going on in our world, you know, the reality behind, you know, who shot bin Laden and so forth, comes from diligent journalists, from a, a public outcry, uh, pursuing some of the questions uh, that are, uh, you, know, in, you know, that need to be answered. Uh, so I think uh, that it's still worth pursuing, uh, although I'm not sure that the million tweet uh, March or whatever it is, and you know, telling Congress to to hurry up and to pick it and and all this sort of stuff. I'm not sure if that's the way to do it. I I, I suspect that it would be more effective in other diplomatic ways. You know, I, I don't think that you know raising the public consciousness about UFOs by constantly posting things and and uh, you know sending out more tweets and Facebook uh, posts and things like that. I don't think that's that's the way to do it. There are many things in the universe that we don't understand, and I think it's worth studying. I, at, the, you know, at the same time, as people are puzzled about what's going on with regard to UFOs and disclosure, I'm fascinated by some of the aspects that are going on in the scientific community right now. The fact that we've filled up the last line of the, the periodic table is, I never thought I'd see that in my lifetime. The fact that there's a possibility we're going to be landing on a, uh, on a comet again or trying to, to corral a comet or an asteroid, you know, to me that's, that's fascinating. And for gosh sakes, if we actually do get our act together and, you know, send a, a small crew to Mars, you know, those are the steps that I think will really advance our civilization because... Got to be you know, done. It has to be done. It's the next step in our evolution. And whether that begins the Galactic Club or not, I don't know. But uh, it's, it's something that needs to be done. Now, are we in a situation here where possibly the discovery or the possibility of discovering all these presumed Earth-type planets will lead us to the realization about the fact that one of them might harbor intelligent life, or more of them, or billions of them? 
I, I'm not a fan of uh, the whole CD program necessarily, but I think the search for uh, exoplanets is quite interesting. And um, we're just a matter of months or years away from the discovery of a planet that is really like our Earth. I mean, we have, you know, super Earths and super, super Earths and things like that. Uh, but we don't have anything that is really like our Earth in a, in a habitable zone around another star. But it's coming, you know, even though Kepler, you know, took a holiday, there still is enough data out there and there's still new discoveries by other instruments that uh, I think that we're going to be finding another Earth you know, fairly soon in astronomical terms. And to me, that's exciting because at least we'll have a starting point for saying, you know, the Beta Pictoris system has a planet that's exactly like Earth. It's exactly the same age. You know, it's had the same evolutionary path. Maybe that's where we could start really looking for life and focus our attention on, on those particular uh, star systems. And for me, that's really something because that could be the stepping stone for ufology. Because we hear a lot about Pleiadians, which doesn't really mean anything to me because the Pleiades is a group of stars that aren't really close to one another. They just happen to be in, in uh, the same plane and so forth. So what does that mean that they're from the Pleiades? It doesn't really mean anything. Uh, Arcturus is too large of a star, you know, this type of thing. But if we can say that, you know, there, there might be life at the, on this particular planet around this particular star, I think that it would mean a little bit more to ufology than uh, a lot of the sheer speculation about uh, traveling across the cosmos uh, telepathically and so forth. Well, that's one way to go. Yeah, absolutely. Saves energy. Or download your consciousness into some kind of machine. I'm sure that uh, Steve Jobs is going to do that. Well, you know, that was a theory in some of the sci-fi novels I read, where if somebody wanted to go to another planet, he would upload or download his consciousness to a clone or some kind of duplicate, and that separate individual would experience the visit. And maybe they'd merge later on, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think James P. Hogan had a, a series like that, where um, it was our avatars that actually visited other planets, not not actually us. And, you know, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, if it's prohibitive for us to travel to Mars, maybe having a virtual trip to Mars that can be shared by everybody on Earth simply by logging in, hey, maybe that's the way to go. Well, if we can transfer all the sensations other than, of course, not being able to breathe with no atmosphere. Well, you know, at the uh, Consumer Electronics Show that's going on right now, virtual reality is it. And there's tactile gloves uh, for using inside video games. Uh, you know, we're probably just, um, you know, just a matter of years away from full body uh, tactile suits and uh, how that is going to change with the computer interface. It's anybody's guess. Well, several of our regular guests at the Tech Night Out Live, my other radio show, are at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. So next week, not this week, but next week, we kind of hope we'll have something about that. We're in the middle of a torrential downpour, ladies and gentlemen, at the Paracast Studios, at least my studio, if not Chris's. Chris Rutkowski, please tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you do. Uh, you can find my work on the uh, Canadian UFO survey that I do with uh, Jeff Dittman at survey.canadianuforeport.com. And my blog is euforumufo.rum.blogspot.com. Uh, you can find us if you look at Twitter. We're known as The Powercast. We don't get a lot of action on Twitter. I don't think people really care about talking about us with all those celebrities busy doing stuff. We have two 
official Paracast fan clubs over on Facebook. Don't ask me how that happened. I think one is a group, one is a community. That's the difference. And if anybody can explain that to me, well, you know, we'll get together for a couple of years and figure it out. We also have the Paracast Plus. Yes, we do. We just got another show transcript, by the way, that will be posted in a few days, possibly by the time you hear this episode. So here's how it works. Paracast Plus, you get the ad-free version of this show where we knock out 41 minutes of the network ads and we give you better audio quality. We have the After the Paracast podcast and sometimes it's PG-13. That's happened occasionally. We also have show transcripts. We've got another one that is right now being processed and will be up in a short time. We have our first video at the Paracast video channel. You get all this stuff, all these goodies, if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com. You can subscribe on a month-to-month basis. Keep it real cheap. Annual, five-year, lifetime. It's exciting. It's the way to go. And there's lots of fascinating conversations about all the extra features that we offer exclusively for the Paracast Plus. Check it out. Plus.theparacast.com plus.theparacast.com. Chris Rutkowski is one of my favorite guests. That's why we have him on every so often. We're going to meet him at the International UFO Congress in the Phoenix area in just a few weeks. If he sees me, he'll run away, but that's another story. Meantime, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.